Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading the book In the Arena by Isabel Kuhn with permission of OMF International, and we are on Chapter 9, Part 2. The welcome party was over, and we settled down to the grim problem of reestablishment. Lucius said goodbye and departed for his own home at the village of Olives across the river. I will quote from our circular. The poor old shanty, now twelve years old, was a dilapidated sight. It leaned towards the cliff very distinctly, and its thatch roof had been blown off in great patches. Inside, the furniture looked rougher than even memory could recall, and everything was covered with dust and debris of nine months of vacancy. But Ruth, Patty John's wife, they were the caretakers, had swept the floor and prepared lots of cold drinking water and hot water for baths. Now, none of you in luxurious America can appreciate what that last meant. I record it for the benefit of the angels and fellow missionaries who saw a rough journey in. The third night we slept in a hayloft, and the fourth in a deserted corn bin, and the fifth we were nearly eaten up with fleas. So we appreciated our welcome. It was a rainy day, but the Lord mercifully held off the rain just those two hours when we had to climb. It came down wet and plenty as soon as we were in the house. That did not seem like a nice welcome, but we learned gradually that that, that was the first rain for half a year. Everybody had been praying for it for months. It rained for the next two days, a token from God to the church that his blessing is connected with the reception of his messengers and his gospel. Among church leaders of Oak Flat Village were a disappointment, were Pod John and Kadu Supa. Pod John had once been a wonderful Christian. He had given free the land on which our house stood. So he was a natural person to be the caretaker during our absence in furlough. The change in him had come after his marriage to the nominal Christian named Ruth. Ruth was pretty and came from an influential family, but was utterly unprincipled. We could not lay our finger on anything, but from the first I instinctly distrusted her. I wanted to get Pod John to break off the engagement, but rather scandalized him as he was not aware of her true character and would not believe it. But after eleven years of marriage to her, laziness, shady ways of getting money, immoral talk and laughter in the home, and turned him into a hypocrite. Both of them being clever, they covered up their tracks so well that no one could give proof of what we all suspected. Kasu di Pipa had become a political headsman of the village of Oak Flat after Me Do Me Pa died. He had seen the power that a good man receives from the Holy Spirit, and Simon Magus coveted it. He tried very hard to become head deacon in the church, but spiritual power cannot be imitated. He was feared but not trusted. The old thief over the hill never had been a Christian. He had robbed us before, but the whole countryside was filled with robbers. I've been told that there were 60 of them operating within a small radius of us, and three times at night they tried to attack us. Danny and I were the only ones sleeping in the shanty, and at first I left the bedroom windows open all night, as had always been my custom. And then one night, the first attempt, I was awakened by a bird call, clear and powerful, right beneath that open window. One spring, an active fellow could be over the sill and into our room. I knew it was not a bird at that time of night, and then I heard an answering call from behind our house. I went cold all over and could do nothing but lie there and pray. Again, this one called, and that one answered. I would have been comforted if only I'd known that Mr. Yang, Potty John, and Joel were up and stalking them. The calls meant, it's all up. They're after us. Let's run. Not knowing that, I lay there petrified. It was not lack of faith that the Lord could help me. I knew that. It was not willingness to suffer. It was just suspense. God does allow missionaries to be killed now and again. Would this be that? 
The next morning I sent for some of the Christian men whom I knew I could trust and told them of my scare. From that day on, one of them slept in our house with a gun each night until John arrived. Although Oak Flat Village had its backsliders, there were dear, loyal saints around, too. When Lucius heard of our insecurities, he wrote inviting us to move our home to the village of Olives, where he lived, where he could protect us while John was away on those long trips as superintendent. But I would not consider it. The two things of which white people require such a lot were very hard to obtain at Olives, water and fuel. Olives had only one water hole, and the girls often got up at three or four in the morning in order to get water for the family breakfast. All the trees near Olives had been cut down in firewood, and the villagers had to go a long way to get it. And the Coon family, with their western ideas of frequent laundering, used a lot of both water and firewood. At Oak Flat were the Bible school dormitory buildings, which had been built during, up during those years. I did not see how we could possibly move our station, and did not give it a serious thought. I did not even pray about it. John arrived from Pashan before the rainy season Bible school, and that summer, 1947, we had a record number of students and had to use a Chinese schoolhouse to accommodate them. I tried to teach children's work to the evangelists. There were no such things as Sunday schools, for instance, except when Ava began in Oak Flat Village and Lucius had started one in the Village of the Olives. Our RSBC students carried their vision back to the villages at the end of the summer said one young Christian woman to the Jeremiah. When the young folks come back from RSBC, they give their testimony. I was so thrilled that I could not sleep that night until the cock crow for thinking of what they had said. The rainy season passed and John had to go back out on another trip. He had no sooner gone than Danny came down with typhus fever and I was left alone to nurse him. During this time and for several more months, I was the only white missionary for many days' journey in the canyon and the church leaders brought all problems to me. The work at Oak Flat became more and more disappointing. Caught in flagrant sin, Kudu Pasa had to be put out of the office as a deacon for the Lesu Church Practice's New Testament discipline, and he was not pleased about that. Those in the village itself who stood with me for righteousness were slowly and steadily melting away. Mrs. Yang developed tuberculosis, and her husband had to take her back to Chinaland, where the food was more what she required. This was not only deprived me of Christian man in the village who would back me up, but left the position of a teacher in the Chinese school vacant. Immediately, Kuda Sapa applied for the position in the name of his second son who had been studying Chinese at Tali. The boy was a profligate. Ava had heard of his desolate tr- doings and told me. But the one-time strong man of our village, Mi Du Mi Pa, was now dead. To my horror, the other deacons were afraid to say no. Kuda Sipa was rich and had political power. My Irish funk arose. Alas, it was always ready to push me into an impetuous action. So I said no, flatly, and the deacons eagerly sheltered behind Mama. If Lucius had been there, or some of our fine deacons further north, they would have led in that responsibility. Then came a night when Kuda Sipa and his rejected son, under the cover of darkness, and knowing I was alone in the shanty, entered the house to threaten me. You see, I had no absolute proof of his son's sin. But God, who has mercy on his impetuous Peters, caused a poor Christian farmer to see two sneaking through the dark. He followed them, and a few minutes after their entrance, when I was petrified with fright, I saw dear Chu Fu Sipa slip in and take a chair in the corner. He pretended he wanted to sell me some charcoal. This provided a witness to our conversation as they tried to trick me into statements which would be used in a lawsuit against me. 
the Lord gave me the answers. And I knew it was the right answer when Chu Fu Sipa would silently beam on me. Their plot failed, and a fine Christian lacy who spoke Chinese was given the position of the schoolmaster. But from then on, a subtle persecution set in. Accidents happened to our goat herd. Our water supply was taken from us, and we had to go further away. Inconvenient one. Life in Oak Flat Village for a woman alone was getting dangerous, and John was gone for months, five months one year, seven months another year. When my continuance in this way seemed impossible, Charles Peterson arrived back from furlough. God was trying to uproot me, but he kept his promise. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He never let me suffer more than I could bear. The climate came at the end of 1948 rainy season Bible school. Pa John had asked to attend that school. I was more and more doubtful of him and Ruth, and they did not ring true. I was never dreamed of what they would attempt. Pa John had been away from home that spring, and while he'd gone, I noticed his wife Ruth going into the bedroom of our cook boy, Juana. I ordered her off the premises, and she and Pa John lived just be- below us on the hill. But it was whispered about the village that she and Juana had sinned. Neither would admit it, but they were suspended from communion. Rainy season Bible school of 1948 saw another splendid body of students gather. A group came from Burma. One of them had walked 17 days in order to be present. Several came from the mid Sunwing area, a rather decent development of work. At the end of the school, it was a custom of each student to write a letter to a staff, telling what they had hoped to do for the Lord during the next year. To our concern, Pa John wrote us that he was applying for the pastor of the mid Sunwing work. Of course, he got no for a reply. With a wife such as he had, how could a pastor be given to him? In any case, we did not feel that he himself was fit for it, although he had done well as a student. But I had learned now, John had known it long before, of course, that it was dangerous to make a charge against anyone without absolute proof in black and white. It is difficult to find this kind of evidence for unspirituality. But to our surprise, Pa John refused to admit defeat and began making preparations to go. It was the last day of RBS when crowds from all surrounding villages gathered for the closing exercises. The program had no sooner finished than Kadu Sumapa appeared with Pajan, a large rebel of local farmers carrying clubs, and in the midst of them, Juana and Ruth roped like criminals. Here is where they sinned, and here is where I'll have them beaten, called out Kadu Supa triumphantly. Little Danny was playing at the side of our shanty, and I quickly ran to him and called a friend aside and asked her to take Danny for a walk into the ravine. They two beanings were brutal, and I did not want the little five-year-old to witness one. With Danny out of the way, I sped back to the shanty. Lucia met me with a face like a thundercloud. Don't go into your kitchen, Mama, he whispered. They've tied Juana to the wall of one and Ruth to the other. Pa had used his civil authority as a village magistrate, and anyone who ties him will be taken to the Chinese law. He says they send there and they'll be tried there until Ma Pa signs a paper giving the mid-Sarwing pastorate to Pa John. But he cannot do that, I said indignantly. They did not send there. Look how tiny the kitchen is. Besides, it is a kitchen of Americans. Lucius looked dubious. Better go slow, Mama, he counseled. Interference with carrying out the Chinese justice might be an ugly accusation in the hands of the unprincipled man like Kudu Sipa. Mapa is trying to reason with him. Better just pray about it. Lucius was as indignant as I was but much more accustomed to the wheelie tricks of so-called justice in the canyon. 
so I tried to pray. Hours passed, and Danny was brought back and clamored for his supper. I had no cook now and no Ava. I had to go into the kitchen and prepare our meal. I wonder if you can imagine my feelings, trying to do that with a living, living human being bound to the left wall and another bound to the right wall. I made tea first and offered it to the prisoners. Juana refused. He was ashamed and savage with anger. Kadu Supa had committed adultery only a few months before, and no one had bound him, dragged him through the village. Ruth was brazen. Their hands had been tied behind them, so I had to hold the cup while she drank thirstily. She would have chattered if I had allowed her to, so I prepared supper, helped Mrs. Estella Kirkman, who was our guest speaker at that school. She had given an excellent course on children's work, and she stayed with us until Christmas. Kudu Sapai had kept John talking for hours. This is exactly what he wanted, a huge audience from all over the country, and the white man begging him to relent his power, and he was refusing. On Sundays, Christians from surrounding villages came to Oak Flat for noon worship. Closing day is always on a Sunday, so the church audience also witnessed Kudazupa's revenge. Deacon Abi Pa of Plum Tree Flat sent the women and children home, but he, with certain stalwart young men of his village, stayed to help John. Darkness fell. Kudisipa, Pa John, and the rabble took themselves down the mountain to get their dinner. The two were still tied, standing in our kitchen. Ten o'clock at night came, and John ordered me to bed. Being of a sympathetic nature, the whole thing wrought on me emotionally. I went to bed, but of course I could not sleep. And then I heard the rebel coming up the hill towards us. Wild shouts and loud talking rent the night, and I was about to get up and dress again when Lucius' voice sounded at the door. May I come in, Mama? Yes, I cried. What has happened? He came in looking so dejected. He sat down in silence and just shook his head. What's the noise? What has happened? I urged. Abba Pa, dear old man, decided he would cut the prisoners loose. He said if a white man got involved in it, it might become a counselor affair and spread all over the province. If he, a lay Sioux farmer and church official, did it, it would be only judged in the canyon. And so he went and cut Ruth and Juana free. Good. They're gone then. Yes, but Ruth must have told. Her Kadusipa rubble got wind of and came up the hill brandishing their clubs for revenge. They caught hold of old Abiba, and you know what that would do to Caleb Simeon and the other fellows from the plum tree flat who loved that old deacon so. They sprang the defending, and it was going to be a free-for-all fight when Ma Pa cried out, I'll sign the papers, and then of course it stopped. Oh, he didn't, I cried aghast. We'll have to find out next time what happened. I love you, I'm praying for you, and bye-bye for now.